This podcast is part of the How We Are Network. For information on this episode and many other like-minded shows, visit howweare.org. That's H-O-W-W-E-A-R-E dot O-R-G. And welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. I'm your host, Ray Harkins. I am sitting here on a beautiful day in Southern California. Summer is here. I just finished a salted caramel donut. It was oh so good. I haven't had one of those in, in a long time, but whew, yeah. Anyways, the guest this week is Justin Pearson. He is a renaissance man. He has played in a million bands like The Locust, Swing Kids, All Leather, and he currently plays in a band called Retox. He's written books. He's involved in film. The dude is prolific and hardworking. More on him in a minute. Let's get some business out of the way. So for those of you that listened during the month of May, you heard me pimp this fundraising campaign for the show. And some of you listened and donated. And I'd like to thank some of you at the top of the show. A regular, regular listener and a regular email buddy of mine, Nick Genta, G-I-U-N-T-A, great dude, contributes to the show, tosses me guest ideas. We email on a pretty regular basis. I would say like at least once or twice a week. And uh, yeah, I, I can't thank you enough for your support, Nick. Tip of the hat to you, my friend. And a, another huge supporter. This guy came in big with a large donation, and I am so humbled by that. I, I think when people say that, that it, it's kind of the opposite effect. Like maybe you're not so humbled. You're kind of like, oh, I expected that. I don't know. In any event, Samuel Brick, I've never spoken with you before, but check your email, bro. I emailed you. Let's talk. Let's get Let's get to know one another. Let's be friends. So... Thank you to both of them. And if you want to jump in on this whole donation process, go to 100wordspodcast.com. Check out the right side of the page. You'll be able to click on a link, and then you'll get cool stuff. You'll get buttons, pins, a chance for me to interview you for an upcoming show, other awesome stuff. So check it out, and I appreciate for those of you that listened and donated. Visit propertyofzach.com, our great media partners. Like I said, visit the show's website, 100wordspodcast.com. Email the show. 100 words podcast at gmail.com. And if you're feeling generous, go and review the show. There's, act, there's actually two new reviews that are just awesome. Like, I think the, the highest compliment that this show can be paid is the fact that it seems like it's a very relaxed conversation, that the people enjoy being a part of it. It's so amazing because if that is coming across to you, the listener, it's great. I have accomplished my job of making this person that I am interviewing comfortable enough to share things that they don't typically do. So thank you very much. Review the show. Anyways, business aside, I want to talk about something else before I talk to Justin for a long time. This is something I actually mentioned in an interview, uh, I can't remember, a few shows ago. But basically... So I was watching a band uh, called Tokyo Police Club. They're a really good band. I got keyed into them a few years ago from my good friend Jeremy Bohm. And he he loved them live, said they were great. So I was like, okay, I got to check them out. This new record's really good. I enjoy it. And so watching them, it was good. It was a good show, solid show. 
But I, I couldn't help. I mean, the show was packed. It was probably, I don't know, close to like eight, 900 people there. So it was solid. Um, but this is a band that's been around for a while. They're on their, I don't know, third or fourth full length. And, you know, they're, they're plugging away at it. But you always wonder, like, to me, having seen a band like Phoenix, who is, you know, substantially larger than Tokyo Police Club, the whole hierarchy of bands where it's like, okay, when you're a small band, you wish to be a little bit larger. And then when you are a little bit larger, you wish to be that sort of next level of band. So it's like, you know, what does a band like Phoenix want? Do they want to be like Coldplay? And then like, what does a band like Coldplay want? Do they want to be a band like U2? Um, It's just an interesting thought process because it just goes to show that like there's literally no satisfaction. And while that is obviously a positive thing in regards to the drive and passion that we all feel when we are doing something creative and that sort of that, that strive where it's like, oh, we got, I got to do that next thing in order to get this thing. The takeaway that I get from it on the sort of negative side of things is the fact that you're not even relishing that moment when you are experiencing it. It's always that perpetual motion machine of – you know, it's like a treadmill where it's like, oh man, like if there's a, a little carrot that's held in front of me or a piece of chocolate or whatever the hell you like, you get it, you eat it, and then that's it. And then something else gets held in front of you. And like, you know, there has to be that moment of like, man, that was a really good carrot or that was a really good piece of chocolate. And sometimes I think that that moment is completely lost on the fact that you got to look for the next thing. I'm just, yeah, I'm curious if you have any thoughts or if that's ever entered your mind, but it just kind of started to blow my mind where it's just like, yeah. And then ultimately, once you get to the top, what does a band like U2 need? You know, what does a band like Radiohead need to just be creatively unencumbered by anything and basically they can do whatever they want and that's like true freedom? Of Yeah, there's there's some element to that. But um, yeah, I'm just so curious about that sort of that mindset and, you know, what's what, what keeps the desire going? Justin Pearson. Like I said, he's played in a ton of bands. He is a very prolific figure within independent music. I personally have loved a majority of the stuff that he's done. He was gracious enough to open his doors to his home in San Diego, and uh, we just chilled out on his couch, hung out, talked for a long time. He shared a lot of different stuff, um, and it's cool because like he, he has a very confrontational nature when he is playing live. When I first started to get into music, it, he was one of those guys that was just like, oh, yeah, Justin Pearson, like that guy's a dick or man, he's he's kind of arrogant. And what there's all these these conceptions of a person. I, I've encountered him on more than one occasion. and He's always been nothing but awesome to me. So it's just always interesting to kind of have those things that still honestly kick around in the back of my mind in regards to like, oh, I remember when that was the common opinion of a person like him sitting down with him at his house was just like, well, there's nothing of that. Not even for a second. So anyways, here's my conversation with Justin. I will talk to you afterwards. And just when um, Locust started to play up there, I mean, you guys obviously played up there a lot, but especially seeing shows at Coos Cafe, it was one of those things where it was like the weirdos that would all congregate on your shows. Because this is like, at the time, like I was, whatever, 16, 17 years old. So it's like, you know, my musical palette is like, you know, Earth Crisis, Strife, sure. like that sort of stuff. But then immediately identifying with Locust because it was like, wow, this is aggressive and short and weird and yeah. awesome. But then when I would go to a show, it was just like, 
well, who, who are all these people? Like, <laughs> like these aren't like people like me, but they're all, like all across the spectrum. Was it, <laughs> was it one of those things? Like, as you guys obviously started to play out, you you saw the diversity in people that were like showing up to watch you guys play, or is it just one of those things where you're just showing up like, oh, that's cool, some people are here. Well, I think it's different because you know you said your palette was you reference like you know strife and, and earth crisis and for me i think even before the locust when i was playing in struggle exactly uh, it, we you know we would play with strife right and i and i felt no ally like allegiance or like alliance to them or or like no or you feel like you were peers in a way you know i mean to an extent i was like hey we're the same age when we play aggressive music but right. that was about the extent of it you right know? right so for me it was always like Oh, but we're playing with Born Against, or we're playing with Tit Wrench, or we're playing with, you know, Rorschach, or someone who's like, um, who's just a little bit different. I mean, maybe not necessarily musically, but like yeah. the, the, the the their uh, their their fan base seemed a little bit more open. Sure, and it wasn't so geared towards a specific you know demographic, and I think that was kind of so by default. Like when the Locust started, it was like, oh, now we're all, all also just like adapting all these other elements of music mm-hmm. and we kind of have like this sort of i don't want to say fan base but like community that is mi- yeah that's that a good is, that is good mixed. way of putting it yep you know and, and to me it's like you know you can look at things like like a lot of hardcore bands like you know not to bash strife because it is fine for what it is but not something i relate to personally sure so there's this there's this whole kind of like strife element but then i think like what about like when there was like um, the germs and and, mm-hmm. and circle jerks and stuff, where it was just like freaks and weirdos and or like when I grew up watching that movie Suburbia, of you course, know? yeah. And there's like a freaking skinhead hanging out with the punks, <laughs> like it's like that's just like you know any, anything goes. And so that, yeah, it was kind of seemed like okay, well this is just like a punk scene, but not like I don't want to use the word punk like punk rock, but like right, but ethically this is like punk. And sure. so it, it was kind of like fine for everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's, I, I, and that was even at my younger age of like not having, you know, a ton of show going experience. It was, you guys were truly one of the first bands that I, I noticed where it was like, okay, people are getting pulled in <laughs> that are sort of outside of the community, so to speak, where it's yeah. like you could tell like they're, they were, they go to shows, but maybe not the same shows that I was particularly used to. And yeah. so it was that, but yeah, I think the better, best word, like you said, is that sort of like community. Cause you um, would see like metalheads and, yeah. like, and, and like just weird artsy, like nerds and like the right. whole, every, everyone. Yeah, yeah. 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 Was it, was it one of those things like, we, I mean, you guys, I presume started out with that intent to have like everybody kind of. You know, it, it was all subconscious. I mean, right? Not, yeah, not, I'm sure you have no intent at that point. Yeah, we were just like, let's make this music, and then let's play, and then all of a sudden, it was like these things are happening. And in retrospect, it's like, well, we did this this stuff or whatever, and right. and it was cool. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. at the time, we were just like, we have to do this. Like, I don't know, you know, we didn't know the consequences or the what, we didn't even know what was being put into it. We were just like driven by by life you know right 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 (laughs) by by the the angst that we need to express sure i mean nothing else mattered it's like no matter what we're gonna just everything will come to this pinnacle you know right right that's all that mattered and the because obviously i know you cover a a lot of your own personal life experiences in your book um and you know not to kiss your ass but you did a really good job at that book (laughs) I mean, I, I'm sure, I mean, I, I, I can only imagine how difficult it was putting it together because it was one of those things where it's like when you read a, a you know, a, a book specifically about some sort of subculture and obviously it's like, you know, you were specific about it, but general enough to where a person who obviously doesn't have the experiences of you and I can read it and still mm-hmm. pull something from it. But 
it's so difficult to capture a voice where it's like you you know I, I felt like you were <coughs> it felt like talking to you when I was reading the book as opposed to there are other people who have you know written books about a subculture that you feel like you could tell there's another person's like heavy uh, influence on it you know uh, what I'm saying um, was that was writing a book awful or like did you enjoy the process like because i imagine that's just really tough it was easy i mean i would do it on tour when i had time in the van or something and that was so it wasn't like tough in that sense but it the i guess the challenging part was like trying to make it interesting because i feel like a lot of it and also in retrospect i think like i probably could have definitely could have written the book better i think that there's certain things i should not have written about I think there's things that aren't that interesting. Yeah. And I think it could have been better. Sure. And so, but as far as like the voice goes, you know, I feel like um, the editor was really cool and we're like, we, we don't want to distort that, that away. Yeah. Like, you know, and, but I learned a lot and learned a lot about writing and then I wrote a second book and I think that's the second one's way more calculated and funnier and, and, right. and I think more at, from a writer's perspective, it's better. It's diff- It's just a different kind of uh, right. You you went you went into it with obviously a different approach. Like it wasn't like you said, just the sort of like you know tour essay sort of thing. Sure. I mean, it wasn't obviously all about tour, but like you know the the certain snapshots of your life that you had to kind of like piece together as like an overarching narrative. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you could you could, you got a sense of that where it was like. But it but it also was written, I think, um, in a in a strange manner, uh, sort of like how I guess my mind works by writing an album or something because mm-hmm. it's like little chunks of things and then all of a sudden it comes together and, and becomes yeah. a linear thing. You know, you okay here's because you know I would just write like I'm gonna write about like you know Kiss or like the, the band Kiss or yeah. or I'm gonna you know like I'm gonna write about getting divorced or something you know and then so and then after you have like. Did it, did, did it start like with that simple of like you like this germ of a thought like I'm gonna write about this thing now like was it, it it started off like that and then you obviously extrapolated from there yeah because I what happened was I was asked to write this tour diary mm-hmm. and I did it and then I sent it out to some friends and John Waters is one of them and he said you should write a book and I was like whatever <laughs> yeah thanks for the you know like yeah like, thanks for placating right right sure no yeah. no not like in a negative but like right. yeah yeah you know whatever <laughs> and so so he's like no 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 just try it just like write a story okay and so I was like huh so I wrote this one story about about going in and thought where I thought I was gonna go see Kiss play mm-hmm. and, and um and then I so I wrote it and I was on tour and I was like this is weird you know I don't know if this is good and so I showed it to Gabe and um, Gabe Serbian, he was like, this yeah. is hilarious, you know, and right. so then I sent it to, to, to John, I was like, is this what you mean? And he's like, there you go, there's the start of your book, and I was like, whoa, like, and, then, and then it like, and that was it, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna obsess on this, and so, so I guess, I mean, I don't know how writers r- would write, you know, I mean, I guess there's no r- real, like, set way, so, right. I, so I would just say, like, well, shit, what was another thing that happened, or, or like, it wasn't even like I was trying to figure it out, I was yeah, just yeah, sitting yeah. there. And I would think about something and be like, oh my god, you know, that was... What about that time? That oh, was yeah. so wild when we were in, in Australia and we started a riot. Right. You know? And then I'll write about that. Right, And, then right. That, and, then, and so it kind of go, go like in that. And then so after a while, I was like, wow, I have like 40 of these stories and let me put these in order. And then it, and then it like kind of seemed like a book. Right, right. You then know? you're like, oh, I see. Like, you unintentionally... 
there were patterns in it that you, that were a through line that you could weave together. Yeah, yeah. And, th- and then at one point, you know, I, I was really lucky <clears throat> not being a, a, a trained, author, you know, author or a writer. Right. I was I was very lucky to have a, an editor that was like that was patient and 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 had really good constructive criticism and sure. And so she was like, these these stories you should take out, and then you need to add something between these few stories, and then it will make like this kind of cohesive yeah um thing the more complete project yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i think anybody that looks at the idea of like a book is as so daunting but it's like it's cool that you obviously had a positive experience and you weren't you know obviously enough to want to do another one um because i had imagined that a lot of people start and they'd never either never finish or finish one they're like i never want to do it <laughs> yeah well the, and then i, I kind of got egged on by a friend to do the second one and it right. was and it came out really easily and it was very very specific to electronic. It was about electronic music, right. two stories, and it was very, it was easy, and it was, and but it was, it was nice because the stories were a little bit longer, and it was easy to. Um, I found my writer's voice, okay. And so it, I, I was like, oh, I can be, I can be funnier, sure. and, and I can talk more shit about myself, and that was like the key. I was like, I don't want to criticize other people. I think that's very counterproductive. I want to just make fun of, if I'm going to make fun of anything it'll be myself right and yeah. that and that self-deprecating and I, right, but right. like there's there's a bit of like subversiveness in it because by me making fun of myself I'm actually I probably shouldn't even say this but I'm actually making fun of the other people it's you know? right <laughs> you're, you're taking equality from something else that you don't enjoy putting it in yourself because there's an element of that and then you yeah you're able to like well because I'm, ad- I'm identifying with like my own humility and like right. how I'm doing something that's like in a sense i guess humbling or at some point like is going to show me that like yeah i need to laugh at myself and then the, so the other people involved are like very serious and they're the ones that can't laugh at themselves i'm like well then they're the ones that this they're is the, actually making fun of right the joke's on them <laughs> sort of but then i started working on a third book and it's full of interviews and this is and i've never really d- done that you know and it's like uh-huh. so the people are all over so i my, my 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 idea was to do interviews, <coughs> do like a couple questions at a time through oh. email, and then let it create a dialogue. Not oh, like, sure. Not like here's, here's 10 twenty questions, questions yeah, right, and right. like answer. Like we're gonna do like a few and see where this goes. But people are not very. Um, not that they're not responsive, they're just not. It's hard to engage over over email, like to have that sort of like dialogue. Yeah, it's difficult because it's like. Not only, like, you obviously have to put the work in yourself in regards to crafting these questions that could hopefully spawn in a conversation. Yeah. The other person, they can want to contribute, but it's like getting them in the right mind frame yeah. to want to do that, it's hard. Yeah, and then, so you have one person that's like <clears throat> diary of the mouth, and you have these essays <laughs> pouring in, and then you have another person where you're like, hey, I sent you two questions like a year ago. Do you think you could just answer them? Just go and take care of that. You know, just say yes or no. Right. Or no. Let me And then let me move on. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, every musical outlet that you have you know, introduced to the world, they're obviously, like, it's confrontational. Like, either sonically or obviously you guys' stage presence and, like, you specifically as a person. Um, I mean, you know, like... All the way back to obviously struggle. Is it is it one of those things like there's there's that gratification of the the feed, the immediate feedback you get from like the confrontation, or is it one of those things like that's just naturally that comes naturally? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's an element of both. I, it might be it might be everything you said, and it might be none of it because mm-hmm. um, a part of me I think does 
appreciate the hostility and the and the and the not and it's and just like the reaction, any kind of reaction. If it's negative or positive, it's fine as long as they're reacting because there's a lot of stuff where people just don't give a shit. Yeah, it's vanilla, and, right? And I think apathy is the is is the end of the end. You know, it's like this sucks. Like who cares? Right. And so, but. But I'm also not like I don't really want it to be negative, and I don't want it to be hostile. I, I, I you know, like for a while, I remember thinking like, God, this is such a fucking drag. Like everyone's always fighting us or whatever. You yeah. Know? And then I remember just at one point, I was like, I, I don't know what it was. Like maybe some tour the locust did or something, and it was and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And we're like, whoa, everyone's like really positive, and it's just like <laughs> such a cool thing. And like, you know, and like, yeah, part of me missed like the the because when you have that hostility. You have this drive, you know, and you want to, and to you, and and it's not that it's like it, it, whatever kind of like violent element is added is not to me. It's not like pointless violence, and it's not like I'm out fighting people or something. Yeah, I'm totally not into violence at all. But that like negativity and that aggressiveness has a meaning, and it's warranted in, in in my in my opinion. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's like. Part of me thinks like I'm glad that it exists, and part of me thinks like I wish everything was like cool and didn't have to go through that. But I, then I also think <laughs> there'd be no challenge, and there'd be no—I I don't know. Like I think if everyone was just kind of like, oh, we're all we're all like artistic, and we're all into like you know super left politics, and right. and, and you know it'd be like, oh, th- then you live in Portland at that point, you know? And I, <laughs> yeah, and then you just mm-hmm. become like an echo chamber, sure. like everyone's saying yeah. the same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I mean, it it. it it strikes me in, in who, who you are as a person and obviously what you've put out artistically. The reputation precedes you as far as like the expectation of that sort of like confrontation, whether it's musically or politically or whatever. Two parts of that, that there's, there's always a reason behind it and that you are, like, like you're saying in your book, where you could turn it back on yourself. You, you took it seriously to a point. But like I always felt like there was always there's always a sense of humor sure. in what you were doing. And like sure. if anybody didn't see that, they weren't looking hard like you know, they weren't yeah. actually looking at it. <laughs> well I think also like the element of humor to something that's very serious, <laughs> politics or something, right, makes it more um, digestible. You know, it's not so like what well, this is like textbook, you know, like if there's sure. an element of like entertainment to it, yep. you can kind of get it better and it seems a little bit more I'm trying to reference someone that I could appreciate that I don't really necessarily agree with, you know what sure. I mean? Um, but off the top of my head, I can't think yeah, of yeah, someone. Yeah. But but you, you think of like someone like George Carlin or, or like Daniel Tosh or something, you know, sure. or, or Louis C.K. Like these are all people that I feel like are, are spot on. But but you know they have these like elements of politics and they're and they're they are very subversive. But then they also have a spin on it to where you're like, okay, this is entertaining as well, right? That sort of dialogue that people have around those people, it it can hopefully open the door for them to become involved <coughs> in, in, like you said, obviously, decrease apathy and hopefully increase the curiosity of whatever it is that they're talking about Sure, um, to be involved in something and, like, yeah. actually care. Well, yeah, and this is another interesting thing, too, is, like, some, like, some of my friends trip out on me because, um, well, I'm an atheist, and I have a, I have a friend of mine mm-hmm. who is a, is a minister of a church in San Diego, and he's, he's gay, okay. and he's openly gay, and so he, he, so he is a gay minister, right? and um, I, I have so much respect for him, Yeah, but I have so much respect for him, not because he's gay, right? but because he's just, like, a badass, like, He's just insane. He's sure. totally crazy, right? And and he and he's not. I don't know. He's very he's very interesting. And 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 I, I, where I do see his flaws, and I see him contradicting himself. 
Mm-hmm. I, I look past that and I think like that guy is challenging everyone, you know, yeah. to an extent or this sort of like status quo. He's challenging the status quo. He's subverting the idea of what, I mean, I'm not sure what denomination he's preaching, but he's subverting the fact that of whatever faith he's, he's professing. Uh-huh. And then he's also subverting the fact that it's like, he's so into his religion that he is a minister of it. And there's so many contradictions within sure. that, that. Yeah. Thing. So, yeah. But, but part of me is like, dude, you should just pretty much like God is like, it's written in, in the scriptures that he doesn't like you. you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you looked at that part of the, the, the Bible that it says? But, but I, you know, but he talked me to going, I went to just see his sermon before to see his, uh, one of his, one of his, um, lectures. And I'm like, Jesus, I'm, I, can't, I shouldn't be here. It's too early in the morning. And like, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm in the back, like, in all in all black, like a vampire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's eight o'clock in the morning. You know, what am I doing here? Yeah. But I, I, but I really respected him, and I thought, like, this is crazy. And he, you know, him and I have conversations, and we'll discuss these things, and I'll, and I, and I, you know, and I, he's not like trying to convert me, right? And, and I'm not trying to convert him. I just think, like, well, this is insane. I totally have. There's so much respect for you because whatever you're doing is at least creative, and at least, um, I don't know. I, I guess I just see like. I can relate to right. To, There's a level of respect there that you're just like. While we don't <laughs> agree philosophically, I like what you're doing. Sure. Right. 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 I mean, he he was like. I guess he was responsible for this billboard in San Diego. His his church was responsible. He he was the one that you know spearheaded it. Where it, uh-huh. like it was an apology. <laughs> oh really? It was like an apology for Christians being bigots or whatever. Sure. Sure. You know, and I was like, God, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that was gonna freaking piss off a lot of people of course yeah yeah so so that was like to me that was like one of these stunts that i would pull or or like you know like (laughs) yeah yeah i relate to that man you're like i would if i was in your shoe i was you i would be doing (laughs) the intro to like independent music in general um you know where did that where did that place in your life like were you you know were you in junior high high school like when did that start to um you know infiltrate you when i was about 10 i started getting into it was through skateboarding. So okay. I got into like thrasher skate comps, skate sure. comps. Who introduced? Like, was that just kind of out there? Like, did you? How how did that kind of come into your life? That's skate, far as skate. Yeah, skateboarding, skateboarding was just. It was just there. the world was gonna be like you're gonna do this, and, right. and you have to. I, I don't know how. I mean, I remember I lived in Phoenix, and I came out to San right. Diego on a vacation, and I remember so weird. I remember um, walking down this alley, mm-hmm. and I was I was nine or ten and there was this skateboard in the middle of the road and I was like what and it was green and I remember like thinking like well um, I'm like this is Excalibur just sitting. <laughs> yeah and it was like in the in the middle of this alley right and I and I was so scared and I was like fuck I'm gonna take it you yeah. know and I ran back to where I was staying with my parents and I was like I thought they were gonna be like you need what are you doing where do you you know and I was right. like mom I found this she's like oh cool and then that was it and I was like okay well now this is like my jam and skateboarding so I went back to, to Phoenix and right. and and would go to this mall, and um, they had a Vans. Um, back then, like the Vans stores were like they sold skateboards. Skateboards, right? And, and um, there was this punk dude that worked there, and was like, "All right, you know, if you're gonna buy this Rob Roscoff skateboard, you're gonna you're gonna get this comp compilation tape." You know? Sure, and, uh, I'll take you under my wing. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "My band's on here. You can check it out." I was like, "Oh my god, you're like, <laughs> your band's on it, and it looks rad, and it's got a skateboard on the cover, and this is it." And like, I think it was just like. Yeah, that was, that was the starting point. Because your, your parents weren't musical at all. Like they had, did they have any interest? They had in, records, and I remember, yeah. I remember like looking at Led Zeppelin records and, and stuff like that, and and kind of tripping out. And 
Well, actually, they they were. My mom was really into Lover Boy. I remember, the, I remember oh, yeah. she like went and saw Lover Boy open for Journey. Okay, and she was like, Lover Boy was better than Journey. Journey, they're like, the headliner. Yeah, yeah and, I, and I remember thinking like, that's crazy. Like, wonder why? Right. You know why was it so much better? And and so I, and I had no idea. I thought I, I didn't really care. Yeah. But um, I was really into Van Halen. I remember in 1984 oh, when that yeah. album came out. Huge. I wanted to go and 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 you know and so and I already had like obsessed over Kiss as a little kid. So so then it's whatever that point was when I discovered these skate rock comps. I was like, this is weird and like mm-hmm. it's like um, not as like serious or like adult like you know. I was right. like, this is like fucked up and not. Right. You know, it wasn't, I don't know, it was weird, and, and that was it. It was, like, discovered all kinds of shit. You know, I remember just, like, tripping out over septic death, and, and then and then learning about the cramps, and, you know, and, like, uh, and then, and then like, sort of, like, figured out, like, what local bands were, and, mm-hmm. and then it was just, I remember just, like... Just diving into it head first. Yeah, and, like, going yeah. to record stores, and I remember just see, always seeing this... Um, these, this sticker at this Zia record store in, in, in Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was, there was always this, like, this sticker and it said, the birthday party, and it was like the Junkyard record cover. Oh, sure. And I was like, what is that cover? You know, right. It looks like something that a little kid would like. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what is the birthday party? Right. Well, who's party? Yeah, this you is birthday. I like birthdays. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I couldn't. And then it was just like, so I just started, <clears throat> it was like a floodgate, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. couldn't learn fast enough. Right. I always like, like, that part is so exciting too because you, you, since you have no context for it, all you're doing is picking what you actually truly do like, like yeah. as opposed to being influenced by, you know, your friends or whatever. I mean, that, that come that's all part of it, but like the fact that you <coughs> could be interested in the birthday party and cramps, like that, that's for all intent and purposes, that's you know more, especially the birthday party, that's more mature music. Like you know, if you put that in front of like a 15 year old's brain. They're probably not ready to process like that. That yeah. challenging of the music as of yet. They're they're more geared to process like a punk band or whatever, which is obviously what you were doing at the same time. But I feel like it. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I never really. Okay, so when I discovered the birthday party at yeah. like eleven, it wasn't really like the lyrics and stuff. It was more just like the whole package. You know, I, I, I thought like the singer looks crazy, right? And there was so, there's something to this. Yeah, yeah, and, and um. I just remember thinking, like, seeing, like, pictures of them and, and thinking, like, what the fuck? That guy looks so crazy. His hair is so big and crazy looking. Right. And, and, uh, and all of their artwork is really interesting to me. Right. And it, and it sounds, it sounds nasty. Like, it sounds like it's um, mean and, and, and angry or, or, like, it's, it, to me, you know, I mean, discovering them at that age was, like, was very, the birthday party and the cramps sort of, you know, definitely mm-hmm. had this, like, kind of campy horror Right, right. So, That's true. So yeah. it made sense to me. Sure, you know? sure. Like, oh, this is like yeah, the over the topness of it. Sure, sure. <laughs> it was like circusy kind of. Yeah, know, like yeah. A dark circus, and I was like, oh, this is great. Like I like this. I'm a kid, and I like this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. There were, you weren't uh, deep diving into the themes of <laughs> of what they were addressing no, from I death, or know, yeah, you were just it was it was topical. But I remember like even way before that I remember when I was a little kid and I, and I would and I was really into um, Mr. Roboto by Styx oh yeah and the main reason was because it was like a robot right s- right right singing song yeah whatever, yeah you know and I was like oh gosh this is cool so it would only make sense why I would like these other kind of bands these like sure. sort of goth bands because I was like oh it's like a horror movie right know? yeah the the images lend <laughs> itself to that yeah for sure um, and so the, as, as you were going through, you know, high school and stuff like that, and as independent music was obviously, like, completely consuming you, when did, um, because was Struggle your f- first band that you played in? Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty lucky that you actually, I mean, because, like, 
listen to your struggle now, like, I mean, I'm sure you would listen to it and laugh at it in some <laughs> respects, but I mean, it, it, it still kind of holds up. Like you, you can listen to stuff in the early nineties that is like, you know, like, okay, like that is, yeah, there's yeah. nothing that's happening yeah. there. Um, so that's, that, that's hard to do. <laughs> yeah. Like to, I mean, especially because when you don't have any like uh, preconceived notion on what you want to accomplish besides the fact that obviously you guys wanted to be a very, uh, political and confrontational band from that perspective. But that's, that was the thing is I feel like maybe we lucked out because a lot of it. Cause were, were you in high school when struggle was? Yeah. Was, okay. I, we, I, I mean, I was, we, I was 15. Okay. And, um, so yeah, freshman, sophomore year. Yeah. And I, I mean, I guess I just remember like, um, I just remember, well, a lot of it has to do with, I think Jose Palafox. Sure. He became my friend when I was fourteen, and and um, was working with the Revolutionary Communist Party. Right. And I, and I and I was I was like, oh my god, this is fucking crazy. And like, and I and I for whatever reason, I I, I felt um, I understood it, and I under, and I and I wanted to do go to these protests. I part of me was like, there's all these other fourteen, fifteen, sixteen year old kids, like doing stupid shit, you know? And like, right. I want to do this other kind of stupid shit. Like, I want to go fucking break shit and right, like get right. in trouble but like do it with a with a reason or, sure, or sure. something you know and like fucking vandalism is rad if there if we're like if there's like a reason for it you know like <laughs> right and so and, and i think like i lucked out because not only was jose a really good drummer but he also had these other ties to these things that new was, ideas that yeah, yeah yeah you know and and it was crazy because all of us were just like fuck yeah like i don't think you know we weren't a communist band or anything and i I mean, I think if anything, like, you know, we, I just remember like really being into half of what the communist party was saying, uh -huh. but then the other part of me was like, I was really into like elements of crust punk and stuff. And I was like, well, what sure. about anarchy? And like, what about like, uh, you know, what about true equality? Because the communist party were, weren't interested in like the LGBT community. They weren't in, interested in animal rights. And these are right. things that like I felt were being addressed. Like, you know, when I would get like the new nausea album, it was like, right. they were fucking talking. You're about like, they're talking rights. about all of that. Yeah. yeah, 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 like, yeah. Why not? Like, why can't we care? Why can't we also care about this? Uh -huh. And they're like, we're about the worker struggle. And like, you know, they were very like into like the thing that, that turned me on to like the communist party was, was the struggle for women's rights. Sure. And, and I think also like, um, identifying with race and um and the, the the race issue was very important in San Diego because um, a lot of my friends are Mexican and, right. and we were next to the border and this is like when Roger Hedgecock was doing the light up the border thing and there was so much fucked up shit and this is like actually right around the Rodney King riots right right and so I think like by default like all the things that were happening was like all right we're gonna be fucking political mm -hmm. you know and it was really funny too because Jose was like let's call our band Proletariat Struggle. <laughs> and I said, well, we're not really like proletariats. I mean, I can't even get a job. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty young. Yeah, yeah. But him and I both worked at the swap meet. And, oh, okay. And we, we sold t-shirts, you know, every weekend. Sure. And bootleg t-shirts and cassette tapes. And, <laughs> and and it was for his uncle's business, which became Music Trader, which I don't think is even a business. Oh, yet. wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that turned, he turned, he turned that, uh, the swap meet business into Music Trader? Yeah. Wow, crazy. So it was kind of weird how I was like... Well, I don't know if he turned it into it, but somehow it was like affiliated. Oh, affiliated with it became it became Music Trader. Sure. Nice. So I remember, like, you know, I was already working, and I was like, hey, well, yeah, we, you know, I was like, well, technically, only half of our band is is our proletariats, right? And the, other, the other two are not working. Yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. It just seemed fitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To like combine those those two <coughs> those those two elements that brought you know made you feel more comfortable with the message that you were putting out sure. it wasn't just focused on this one thing but then yeah. coming full circle yeah. not to keep 
like harshing on strife. Yeah, yeah. It was like it's we would, point, we would right. show up being 16 years old to, to like play a show with strife. Yep. And they had like new gear and new clothes and they they probably didn't have jobs yet and we were like fuck man I have to go to work in the morning like we're in LA right. playing in this dude's backyard and I got to fucking go to work. Yeah. And school tomorrow, you right. know? And and like we also like on the way up to the show like had to stop and, and shoplift so we could, you know, like right. pay or whatever. Yeah, 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 and so yeah. It, was, it was like so we were like, well, how are we going to relate to this? situation yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 you're like there's a distinct difference and i think a lot of that too i mean it's like <coughs> the way that san diego in general obviously had to develop the music scene was always it's it was always going to be not referenced because they're always referencing either orange county or la yeah and so you guys were always the you guys were left to your own devices because of that yeah, like but then we got gravity records i mean of that course. that like fucked everybody up totally yeah more yeah. than Ebullition or anything. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. You, you. It, once, once that existed, and once that reputation preceded itself, it was the, like you couldn't return from that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Once that had been set in motion, it was like, cool. You got, you know, weird looking hair. You got white belts. Like, perfect. Yeah. Done. You, yeah. You're good. And so, the I presume because of obviously all your political beliefs that you were, you know, fostering as, as you were going through high school. I presume that like the idea of like oh man I like you know I can't wait to graduate can't wait to join the working world like that was never never part of your agenda like did you did you have stuff that you or did you have stuff that you wanted to do um, from a profession standpoint or was it just like I just want to tour and exist and be creative I remember like okay I remember Jose graduating mm-hmm. a year before me or two years before me sure maybe one I don't know I remember him graduating before me and I was. Yeah, one year before me, and I was like, whoa, dude, this is crazy. Like, you made it. I, yeah. You know, like, I don't think anyone else would make it, but I definitely didn't think you would make it. Right. And I, and I was like, this is fucking crazy. Right. And then it kind of like, no one ever really talked about it, you know, but his whole thing was like, I, he went to Berkeley and became a professor. And, right. you know, I guess I wish I had those aspirations, but I was like, let's fucking go on tour, you know? And it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't, <clears throat> it wasn't struggle. You know, we just started new bands and I just started doing new things and I, put out a record and but I was in college you know I went to community college right out of, right away like right after high school I was actually in my senior year of high school I was already going to community college okay but the reason why I was so into community college was because I was getting financial aid oh, and okay. I and I was using that money to put out records perfect and so yeah and that was the inception of 31G yeah yeah but yeah. I never thought like I'm gonna get a career you know and then I don't know I mean part of me thinks like I should have fucking got my shit together <laughs> But like, look, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not dead, and I, and I'm, and I'm not, um, right. I'm not at the bottom, you know, and and I, and I've lived life, and I've done all these things that I enjoy, and I, and I'm glad I did it. Right. So I don't have any. Yeah, you're, you're, you're never gonna look at that and regret that. It's just a matter of obviously what a person has as far as their focal point. Like, if they're like, okay, I'm gonna graduate high school, I'm going to, you know, go teach or whatever, whatever yeah. they feel that passion for and it's like sometimes it just doesn't get that doesn't manifest itself in a way that is is meaningful to like the world you you i, I presume it's just like well i like all i like being creative i like being political and creative in this context so like how can i figure out how to like keep doing that i imagine that was maybe some think, some thought process I, I, yeah i think part of it is but i don't know man it's a trip because i always would reference my mom and my dad when i was growing up my, my parents were f- very strange. One at one point in time, my dad worked for the electric company, and my mom worked for the gas company. 
and that's opposing companies. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, and everyone was like, "Did your parents fight?" All-? And I was like, "Well, they do fight all the time, but they fought before that." Right. And and I was like, "Well, I don't know. It's weird. I don't think they fight about their jobs, but they were both unhappy." And I remember thinking, like, "It's so strange that they they hate." those elements of their lives like they're it's like this shit that totally they to do. that they and, spend a lot of their time doing right yeah and I, and I would always think to myself maybe that's why they're alcoholics and maybe that's why they fight each other and um you know to me i thought okay i'm gonna just like do whatever i have to do to survive and and like try to try to make it fun and interesting to myself and mm-hmm. then now that I look back, I think, like, God, I was, like, a gypsy. Or, like, I still am sort of, like, a gypsy. Totally. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just kind of, like, not fumble through stuff because part of it is calculated. But, like, but I kind of like the fact that, like, there is huge chunks of my life where I'm, like, I have no clue what I'm doing. Right. But, like. To me, what it is is, like, you've, you, you've always struck me as a person where it's, like, you, you're, all you're trying to do is create the environment, like you said, where. You're just you know doing stuff to survive, but you're creating an environment in which you can obviously, for one, express yourself, and for two, like be creative. Whether that is putting out records, you know, with the record label, or whether that is starting some sort of you know new musical project, whatever that may mean. Mm-hmm. All you're trying to do is just like trying to create that environment, and usually it is through like a life of struggle in regards to like, well, I don't know where I'm going to be in two or three months because I don't have this particular job or whatever, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so it's, it's, you know, I think that's, to me, that's the through line of what it is that you're, like, focused on. We're just like, well, yeah, I don't know where I'm going to be in a year, but I, I have created this space to yeah. <laughs> express myself creatively. Or I just always kind of know, like, I won't die. Like, I know, <laughs> like, I mean, I'm pretty sure I can, like... I can make it through. I'll hustle and figure it out. Right, right, right. And so then, I, I, you know, as <clears throat> the locust started to progress and start to become... You know, I mean, for all intent purposes, like a serious band where it's like, you know, you guys were, you know, doing well, like people were noticing what you were doing. Um, you know, did 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 it become a career in the sense of where it's like, and I use the word career loosely, but like where it was like you guys were making your living off of that and you could dedicate all of your time to that. So it was the business stuff started to infiltrate it. Like, how did that because that was that's a, that was a weird part in head of music in general where bands started to see money. But like not to the extent of where it's like, oh wow, here's hundreds of thousands of dollars because that wasn't a reality. Yeah, we never saw that. But you, but you guys were able to sustain yourself, correct? Like as you were, or, or no, it was like you got home from tour, work we, jobs. We always had jobs. Yeah. Okay. I never. I mean, there was one point where I didn't have like a, a day job, right? Not by choice. Mm-hmm. And and I and I just really tried to run three one G and and do the locust and so. And I scraped by. Yeah. And that was for like two years. But for the most part, um, I always had a job and, and some sort of income, you know. But with the Locust, I mean, you know, we would do okay on tour. Right. But it wasn't like we were seeing royalty checks or anything. You know? No. So, and, it, and it was really strange, too, because I feel like we stopped at the point where if we kept going, I feel like it, we would have actually started to see a lot of money. Sure, sure. And the whole thing was like we, we kind of quit playing live and we kept writing a, re, a, a record. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of quit writing the record. I think just because everybody was um, involved in other things and kind of getting burnt out. You know? Yeah. And, you know, it's nice that we are able to revisit it. We did play those shows recently. Right, right, and, right. At some point, all of us will get back into it full force. But the world is strange, and we don't. You need to be just, right. You need to be in the right space. It'll happen. At some totally, point. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. it's kind of weird too. Because like right now, it's like I feel like okay, if we were to just go and do that, that could be our careers. Right. 
part of me thinks like, geez, why don't we do that? Like, we already paid the, the yeah, dues. The, yeah. But then I think like, okay, well then you're going to ruin that. Sure, you're, sure. You're going to be like the band that got back together for the wrong reason. Yeah. Know? No, it's true. And I'm sure, I'm sure, <coughs> I'm sure that's been a continual struggle with like the stuff that you've done from a creative aspect where it's like, because you know, no matter what, the idea of art and commerce will always clash. And so it's like, did you, either from running the record label or running the business of the band, um, was it was it always that kind of like push and pull of like, all right, like we never ran the business of the band because we owe that we owe so much money in taxes, okay, and and, and we <laughs> we're never gonna fucking pay it. Um, so so even if we saw money that like paid yeah. our rent for a month when we were on tour, right, 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 it's a moot it's point, pointless because right. we owe them hundred like a lot. I don't even know how much a lot. Right, right, right. Obviously, having to join, you know, the 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 context of obviously a capitalist society, which obviously you know that was something that you struggled against. Um, you know, but wait, I'm not really against capitalism. Sure. I mean, I ran a record label. It's right. Not, no. Yeah. 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 But I yeah. think there's I think there's const- or there's like productive capitalism. And That's there's true. Just like a a, a, a greed. A, yeah. Yeah. A greed driven one. Yeah. Sure. 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 So, so yeah, that, that obviously like, but I I guess more sort of the point, the the business aspect. Did you find yourself like good at it? Like, did you, it, did you enjoy that aspect of it? No. Okay. I hate taxes. I hate, fa- I hate paperwork. Right. You know, I just want to think of these ideas like, oh, let's do this record that's shaped like a heart, you know, <laughs> or like, let's um, do a picture just five inch or whatever. Yeah. Something, you know, and, yeah, yeah. Or, 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 or like, let's put this, t- this to this tour. Let's go on this tour and like only play like, you know, yeah. Sewers or something. Right. <laughs> And, and I know these ideas are great. These are awesome ideas, and they're not going to make any money. Right. So uh, the money. I mean, I understand the rationality behind things because that also I'm into that. I'm like, okay, well, we can't do that because it's going to just sure. we're going to bottom out. But I, I think like yeah, the business stuff was never because re- everyone's always you know even now it's like even currently people are like, what's the future of music? And like journalists are trying to figure it out. It's like fuck you guys for even talking about it. Like yeah, the future is like right. Why, why, like, right now it's happening. Like, there's music happening right now. Like, you should care about these bands right now. Right. Yeah, they're fo- they're focusing on the, the business and how labels adapt as opposed to, like, actually, you know, what's a more interesting story of bands that are existing in the, quote-unquote, <coughs> the new paradigm, yeah. the new context. Well, they look at things like what sold in the past and what was hip, and let's do that again. Of and course. then for, for the people that I was always, like, associated with, we were always, like, What's happening right now? Like, right. let's do something right now and not really care about the consequences. Right. Well, yeah. You, you, the it was very reactionary. Like you, the the stuff that you either did from a record label perspective or from a musical perspective was you you kind of were able to trace the idea of like where it came from. Where it was like, okay, like we'll put together a you know like the the locust Arab on radar split of the jigsaw puzzles. Like you know, like mm-hmm. you saw why they did that because it was like, oh. 31G, like they've always done creative packaging uh-huh. or like zany ideas, you yeah, know? Uh-huh. And so it was like, oh yeah, like you got that. And it was like, yeah, they're friends with Arab and So yeah, of course. Like yeah. you see that as opposed to like, oh, here's a calculated move. Like, yeah. It was a reaction. Like, of course, this is a great idea. Let's do this. <laughs> Let's bring it out into the world. I mean, meeting Arab on Radar was changed my life. Yeah. They, they were, they were a whole other level of just fucked up. Oh, stuff. yeah. No one can make sense of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then the, I mean, the fact that obviously you yourself are still being, you know, creative from the record label perspective, creative from, you know, playing retox and, uh, you know, all leather, you know, as, as you grow older within the context of a, you know, essentially youth driven music, 
you know, you have to you have to work harder to kind of stay involved as you grow older because life gets in the way of that or whatever. Um, you know, why why is it still important for you to obviously be involved from that perspective? You know, why is it important for you to play, you know, like a warehouse show with Retox or whatever? Like, but what else would I do? <laughs> I don't know. No, I mean, yeah, that's a it's a fair it's that's a fair question to yourself. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just think like I wake up and I go like today I want to do this mm-hmm. or, or like these are the things that I want to work towards. Sure. And then that, and then I leave it at that. Right. <laughs> like it's as simple as that. That's and, all that that's in on my mind. Is right. Like, these elements of of um, of art mm-hmm. and politics and culture, like that's all it's consuming me. So so therefore, like I mean, I know there's all these other things I could do. I could just stop being weird and go and get a <laughs> career, you know? Right, right. But I, but I could do that. I really could. I totally right. could. But I don't want to. Right. And I know I don't have to. And so I just don't. Right. <clears throat> and and the, the notion of of. Not not saying relevant, but staying current with obviously the state of music in general. Um, you know, the what what inspires you to obviously like keep checking out new bands and obviously keep involved from that perspective. Because <laughs> it's one thing to be involved from like creating music, uh-huh. but it's another thing to be involved to be like, hey, here are these great new bands that I found out about personally that I want to do something with or just enjoy them. You but know? it's kind of like that time when I was a little kid and I just turned the corner and walked down that alley and there was a skateboard. Right. Like I don't I don't know because. I remember there was this interview where they were asking Gabe Serbian like what like mm-hmm. um, what are, what are his favorite like hardcore bands or something and he said he said I don't listen to hardcore I just play it and I was like fuck that's a great point you know like <laughs> yeah 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 because because like I don't know I don't want to sound like an asshole but I don't yeah. really listen to that like a lot of that kind of music like of course like we talked about Rob fucking love Narrows totally, totally love that new album it's yeah. like one of my favorite albums such a good album I love the band right but like but Narrows was like the skateboard in the alley, you know? Right. And so, like, I'm about to go on tour with Dillinger Escape Plan and, yep. and, and Trash Talk. Yep. I know Dillinger very well. Trash Talk, I've never heard him. I mean, I've heard, like, one song. Right. You're aware of them. It, but wasn't, yeah, yeah. it wasn't the skateboard in the alley for me. It was right. just like, oh, it's Trash Talk. That's fine. I'm sure they're good. Sure. But, like, I don't know. But, like, the but Dillinger, like, they presented themselves... They're to, like not like they personally present right. themselves to me, but that, but that <laughs> we, are, band, we are worshiping at the altar no, of Justin. Yeah, no, that now. band presented itself to me like, whoa, what the fuck is this? What's happening? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, like this is weird. Like it presented itself itself in a strange way in Japan and Tokyo. The Locust was on tour and we played one show with them a long time ago, and I was like, who the fuck are these guys? Right, right. You know, and like, and that was it. I was like, okay, and this is it. And now I love Ben and and Liam, and I think. And I think they're a fantastic band. Totally. So it's like, I just think like, I don't know. I, I don't, it's not that I'm like, today, what am I going to go find? I mean, the last few days I've been like pushing forward with all this 3-1-G stuff. Right. Announcing that we're doing the Retox Narrow split. Yep. Repress, or, or finally releasing this Kill the Capulets record, which is a mm-hmm. weird, obscure band. It's not a band anymore, but I think it's such a great record mm-hmm. that has like, Mike from Retox and the Festival of the Deer, but also has Rocky Crane from Your Future, who was also in Some Girls for a Minute. Like, right. you know, all these it's different It's your fa- the family, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, so I, I didn't, you know, it wasn't like, so is there like a really relevant, like, kind of band, like, happening that I should go find and sign or put out the record? You know, no, I want it, the world to just present it. Right. And that, and then, and that will be, and that will be it. I mean, I, I guess lately, like, I just discovered this guy, David Van Ronk, this okay. old folk singer. Sure. Just totally obsessing over his music. Well, it's, but see, I, I think 
it doesn't you know it doesn't matter necessarily like what music obviously like is is you know tickling your fancy for that particular moment but it's the fact that you still feel like <coughs> you still get that feeling of like whole, like to be obsessed with something to oh, just be yeah. like find out about it and then be like i have to know everything about that person yeah like and that because I, I don't think that's not how for all intent and purposes like normal people work like you know, whatever, they may get obsessed with the sports team and obviously know all of the history about behind that uh-huh. or whatever, but it's like, you know, most people interact with, especially for music, where it's like, they hear it, and then, oh, that's a good song, and that's essentially where it it's, ends. Yeah. It's, but, you know, it was like, for me, like, discovering, like, that birthday party sticker. It was just a sticker. Yeah. And I'm like, what is that? And right. I want to know everything about it. You know, finding these little things, like, I, I, I don't know what, it, I don't really understand how... Um, I hate the algorithms of Pandora and stuff like that. But I was in my girlfriend's yeah. car and she was listening to what's that movie that came out? The Coen Brothers film about the about the folks in Inside the Will Davis. Yeah, okay, yeah, that, yeah, that came out. And she was yeah. listening. She went to like the soundtracks Pandora or sure. something. Right, right. And then all of a sudden, this Dave Van Ronk song came on, and I was like, "Holy crap! What, what is this guy? What is this? Right? You know, it was the most evil." thing. It was all vocal only, and there was like him like hitting his oh yeah. Floor, yeah, yeah. And it was, you know, it was like talking about having no balls and going to war and all this fucked up shit. Saying fuck, he was saying like fucking in the, and I was like, right. whoa. And so I was like, I got, I made a note. I wrote down his name. Yeah. Bought the CD. I actually purchased the CD. Right. And then like the next day, I was like, told Nathan Joyner from All Leather, dude, yeah. we gotta cover this song. And a week later, we covered it. <laughs> yeah. You know? I love that. Just like as quick, as quick as it can be. Yeah, that's just. I mean, it, but like that ex- that song existed since the '60s or right. '70s, and um, and it can still inspire. It just happened right now, and I was like, "This is it. This is the best thing." I've- it totally makes so much sense to me, right? You know, I mean, we're not it, the Vietnam War's not happening, but there's all kinds of other fucking wars happening, and this is like it just makes it like set chills down my spine. I was like, we need to do that. Right. So the inspiration would come from things like not irrelevant, but you know, like like. You know, most people be like, oh, yeah, I listen to, like, oh, this kind of hardcore. Or, like, you know, with all other, like, I totally fucking dig Skrillex. Like, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's like, no, like, I listened <laughs> right. to this folk singer and fucking thought, like, dude, let's cover that shit. Yeah, let's make it sound like this. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, two last things I want to hit on. Uh, one one is, is more of a, this, I think, is just a, a funny observation in regards to, like, the reputation preceding you and reputation, specifically for the Locust. So it's like, when you guys made those uh, compact mirrors... When everybody was just like, oh, like, Locust, like, the cocaine band. Yeah. Like, it, it was one of those things where it was so, um, it, it, it just, it completely embodied that era of music and how people, just people placed so much, I mean, whether or not you guys did that intentionally, whether it was like, oh, like, dude, we're just making this a compact, like, this is, the girls like our music too, so, like, that'll exist. Um, but people immediately took that and ran with it in, like, yeah. a completely different direction. Um, I mean, do like, did you have so much negative feedback from that particular instance? And was that like frustrating for you guys to be like, Oh God, whatever. It's frustrating for me because I never even did cocaine. So I think like, (laughs) I was like, dude, okay. It'd be one thing if I did it. Right. But I haven't done it. And so you guys are fucking lame for talking shit about me. Right. There was times I remember being on tour and this, I remember this this girl yelling at me, Mm -hmm. who made my friend do cocaine? And I was like, what the fuck? I haven't even done it myself. Like, and she thought I was Gabe. And I was like, dude, you got the wrong guy. And I was on tour with some girls, so I was like, wrong fucking band, right. wrong guy. <laughs> you were off base, period. But I mean, not, not not to throw Gabe under the bus. I've been mistaken for him from the, by the police. 
like all kinds of shit. You right, know? right, like, right, right. You know, like it's happened for a while. I mean, yeah, but um, the negative thing was a drag, and it came out right when that Jerry Springer thing came out. And I think, yeah, and I, so there was like, so for me it was weird because it was like, oh, there's this fucking douchebag rock dude, drug addict, and I was like, okay, these are. Like, haha, it's a joke. Like, you guys take everything so fucking serious, you know? Right, right. And that, you know, and, 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 but at the same time, it's like, the mirror was, the mirrors were presented to us for free, and it was me hustling, thinking like, okay, what can we do with 10,000 of these fucking compact mirrors? Right. Let's put a sticker on them. Yeah. And sell them. Of course. Because we're broke. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it was the same reactionary philosophy of like, oh yeah, well, we have these, so let's do these with these. Yeah. 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 Most people would not have thought... To do anything with it, no. you know, they were gonna go in the trash. I was like, no, 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 <laughs> fuck, hold on, and let me just think this out. You know, <laughs> don't throw that away yet. This could be valuable, and it was. Yeah, and it was. It was valuable because we sold them and, and and made some money to go on tour and put gas in our van. Right, but it, we also it also projected us into this into this sort of like thing, you know, like oh, let's talk about this band. And right. It wasn't just like oh, there's this band that has keyboards and they've in, in the, you know like, it, it was yeah it was they like, wear masks and, it, yeah, it was yeah. like there's this fucking band who are a bunch of drug addicts fuck those guys you know and then like after a while then there was like bands like talk like start writing songs where they hated us right it's like okay fuck yeah we're succeeding right by not even trying you know like we didn't right. Even try right it just was like here. Yeah, here, here's this simple this simple item that that caused so much uh, yeah so much angst and like you said it goes back <laughs> to the idea of like you're provoking a reaction and that's ultimately what you wanted to do across the board like, yeah regardless but part of it I think was 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 like came out of the whole like very conservative mindset of like ebullition and and oh and, yeah and that stuff what, you know which is just so weird to me because I don't know that I was part of that community and they they rejected they rejected swing kids they were like oh you guys are artsy and right you know it's like well right. <laughs> rejected swing kids like how so like it rejected as far as like you aren't a valid like this you can't be a part of our community because you guys are kind of we played our first show in, San, in santa, santa barbara, barbara sure and um kim mcclard just made fun of us while we we're playing and it's like because we were three people from struggle you know and, and yeah and to me it was like it was the same as struggle but we weren't talking about like how we fucking hated police. Right. Because we already talked about that. Yeah, you know? we did and, that, right. And and we just so happened, fucking, I got rid of my dreadlocks. Right. You know, and I, <laughs> that was about the extent of <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, got, I wasn't like a total scumbag anymore. Right. I was like, okay, I need to get a job. I'm going to fucking not look like a dirtbag. Right, right, right. I can't have these, like, yeah, four-inch dreads. Like, yeah, yeah. So what was the point? Like, we were the same fucking, essentially the same people. Right. But it was like, you, you guys are fucked. Like, you're not part of this community. You're cast off. So, yeah, all right, well, that's fine, I well, guess. <laughs> we'll, we'll find our community elsewhere. And the, uh, the last thing I want to hit on was the, um, the, you know, the idea of, of obviously, like, you know, continuing to, you know, move forward and, and, and be creative and in the face of, obviously, adversity from, you know, just in general, like, life getting in the way and stuff like that. Um, do, do you see yourself, you know stopping creating music to focus on you know other creative aspects <coughs> yeah i mean did you let, let me put it this way do you like is touring still fun for you from a you know a holistic perspective like is it is it still enjoyable or is it like god this sucks doing this eight hour drive or whatever like i've done this a million times or whatever like you know how, how does touring sit with you in your own head now i never go into tour thing like this is gonna be red or this is gonna suck 
I just look at it like, I'm going to go do this tour. Sure. And like not really have expectations. Okay. So there's been few times, I have pretty low standards, so there's been a few times where it's like, okay, this is fucking bullshit. Right. For instance, like we went to Europe, Retox did, and we had yep. this driver who was a total son of a bitch. Okay. And we all hated him. Sure. But we were with him every single day, and he was a fuckhead. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, what do we do at this point? Like, right. For the next three weeks, this is going to suck. Right. Really bad every day. And it did. It sucked the whole time. Right. So there's that kind of element, you know. But then you land at, you know, you do a tour and you, you're like, do we want our we want our driver to be this guy, you know, my friend from, from you know from the Czech Republic who's awesome, right? And then your tour's rad, and you're like, okay, I can have fun every day, and like he's a cool dude, and he's keeps it together, and not, doesn't right. yell at me, and you know, like whatever, yeah. whatever. Or, like doesn't disappear, you know. But like so things like that are like always good. But you know, we went, we just did this really short Mexico tour mm-hmm. and we flew to Monterey. You know, we weren't making any money, and it was just like, let's go play this festival and, like, play these other shows, and it'll be fun. And I remember, like, getting down there, and, like, it was pretty cool, and um, I was in, I was, my standards were low, and I was like, yeah, I'll just roll with it. And, yeah, like, yeah. thinking, like, what's this weird? They're making this headline after Death, that band. Um, yeah, yeah, the, 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 from the, Detroit, the right? Black right. dudes, yeah, not, yeah. The, not the metal band. Right, right. not Death, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, they're making this headline after Death, it's so weird. Okay, well, whatever, I guess, maybe because we're, like hardcore or something and then i was like okay it's starting to rain and then like it rained out deaths like half of their set or whatever like oh, okay yeah. and then like and then they just were like okay <clears throat> festival's gonna be over like you're not gonna play and so like we still got paid the little bit of money that we were supposed to get paid but like we didn't sure. to play right and then i like flew back to tijuana and i was like that just completely sucked yeah Right, you go, doing all of this to go down there and have nothing, like not even be able to do. Like it's not what, even about the money, or it wasn't about no. anything. It was like I didn't get to play a show. Right. So like I just went and like walked around this festival. <laughs> right, which which is kind of a torturous experience for a festival. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was it was it was it was interesting to some extent, but it was like okay, but the whole like pinnacle of that experience was like you're supposed to play a show mm-hmm. and then you're thinking like well fuck like people probably think we're not playing yeah like this is an intentional decision but like right. we literally like couldn't get onto the stage they cut the power because there was like sparks and shit and, oh right right, right. it was like that it is, it, we could die if we were <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah the idea that obviously once you put out art into the world um you know it's obviously not yours like people are gonna do uh-huh. whatever they want with it um and the idea that obviously, you know, a lot of stuff that, you know, we create when we are young still exists, you know, from like Swing Kids Struggle, like everything that you, you have done from that perspective and people, um, you know, place so much importance on that stuff um, and maybe like obviously don't pay attention to like what you're doing currently now, you know, uh-huh. um, is, it, is it one of those things where it's, it's weird for people to have just because you have been so prolific have these different like entry points to your musicalness like a, per- a person that knows you know retox has no fucking clue about swing kids like or vice versa where it's like you know uh, is it weird to have those interactions with people where it's kind of like oh yeah like there's some other stuff i've done in the past or whatever like not like you were saying that yourself but like i don't really think like when, when someone like just finds out about retox i'm like you should hear all my other right 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 right, right. for the most part i kind of think like don't listen to that stuff right. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, yeah, what I'm doing right now, I feel is a per- perfect for what you need right now. I mean, I, I'm proud of everything I've done, but at of the course. same time, I look back and I think like, okay, there's there's only like a portion of stuff that I've been part of that I feel I would still like push on someone. Right, right. So like someone that discovers Retox, I would I would say like, you should listen to some girls. 
Yeah. You know, or, or like, the, you should listen to the very last Swing Kids 7 Inch and then not not the first step. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, or, you know, like, very sure. Or like, don't listen to Crimson Curse at all. Right. So I think, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would I would feel like that. Sure. But, but, but I also think, like, when people are like, oh, like, Swing Kids, I love Swing Kids. And I'm like, yeah, but you should hear Retox. It's a lot better. Right. And it's na- it's new. It's now. Right. And that's the only time I would think I'd ever say something to someone. I would of never course. say like, "You should listen to everything that I've ever." I'm doing some red <laughs> shit in the past. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But but when they but they reference like only this old thing from ten you know 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> right. I'm like, no, no, no. But like right now, I'm actually in this band. You right. know, like I'm right now on a tour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. You have the ability to see this currently happening in your city. Well, I'll be. I would. There's been times where I'm like in a city, right, and they're like, "Oh my god." You know, I'm in a record store, so I'm like, you're, you're Justin from Swing Kids. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I love that 7-inch. And the, the, What are you doing? What are you doing here? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm in a new band that's like, I think a lot, not, it's better. It's yeah, more, yeah. It's more relevant. It's way, way more like musically um, challenging or better or something. Right. And then they're like, oh, cool. Later, dude. And then that's like, okay, well, yeah, fuck, that's dude. A, yeah, well, yeah. like, <laughs> I guess, I guess that's lost on you. <laughs> I, I feel like if I ran into someone... Like when I was a little kid, I was I was really obsessed with septic death. So if I ran if I ran into Pusshead, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Fuck you, Pusshead from Septic Death," you know, and he was like, "Oh, I'm actually in San Diego on tour with my new band." Right. I would go to that goddamn show. Right. Like what? You're in a new You're like well, band? I didn't. Yeah. What? That, you know? That's my <laughs> fault for not knowing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would have been like, "Cool, have a good show tonight, dude. I'm out of here." Right, like, oh, that's yeah. So technically, I don't necessarily care about anything you're doing right now. Yeah. I just, I, 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 I really like the combination of jazz and hardcore. I was, I was basically, <laughs> I was, that was all I was interested in. Well, I really appreciate you hanging out and doing this. Yeah, and I, I hope it was uh, enjoyable for you in some <laughs> respects. <laughs> all righty. So yeah, we're uh, we're about one episode away from the end of June, which is our month of. What I define as very, very important people within the context of like punk and hardcore, heavy music in general. These are people who have been involved for a long time and it just happened to sync up. So thank you to Justin for hanging out with me, taking the time out of his day. He was about to leave for a tour in like two or three days after we did the interview. So he had a lot in his mind, but he's like, no, let's do this, man. This will be fun. And uh, yeah, so thank him for that. This episode, as always, is produced by Tom Richfield, my good bro and buddy and confidant in this show. Visit propertyofzack.com, visit 100wordspodcast.com, and uh, yeah, toss a review for the show if you are enjoying it. And on next week is Sean Ingram, the vocalist for the band Coalesce, who I think they're still around. They still consider themselves an active band in regards to maybe playing a festival here or there each year. But uh, he also runs a company called Blue Collar Distro, which is a great online resource for merchandise and all that sort of stuff. But anyways, that will conclude our, our theme to month. But uh, yeah, it's been really fun to have that as a, as a running theme because I just never have done that with this show. So it was fun. Until next week, be safe, everybody. Be safe, everybody.